65 to throat cancer. I can't really put into words what Van Halen meant to me. For a lot of listeners might or might not know, but you know I'm a, a big guitar player and big heavy rock listener. Um, and I'm 39 now and I've been playing guitar since I was seven. And all this nostalgia just hits you, you know. I remember being seven year old and my dad introducing me to a guitar because he was a guitar player. And just listening to those early Van Halen records and you just, you couldn't put, like when you heard Van Halen play, you just could not figure out what was going on. It was like nothing you've ever heard in your life. He was a true innovator. Um, He wasn't just a guy that changed the face of guitar, but he changed the face of how we play guitars, amplifiers, you know, he had the Frankenstrat, and the reason why I called it the Frankenstrat was because it was like Frankenstein. He just had a guitar with all these added parts and ripped apart and modified to suit his style of play. And then, obviously, he had to deal with PV and then had his own range, the, the 5150 Eddie Van Halen um, amp amplifier range. But it just hit me like a ton of bricks, and I was absolutely devastated when I seen the news because you're not just losing... A normal person, someone that's changed how music was played, how guitar was played. You know, he was. There's a few guitar players that are up there in terms of how they change things. So Jimi Hendrix, you know, he changed the way that electric guitar would be played and would be heard. Eddie Van Halen, he was the guy that took it to the next level. And then you've got Angry Malmsteen, who took classical music and put in heavy rock and just changed the way that people would pick the notes and, and, and do and it's just yeah really really sad but that's a tribute we are American football podcast um a little bit of a change today um we recorded last night and we had some audio issues um and obviously I've been feeling really poorly as well and um, if you've seen on my social media um I've been in hospital um unfortunately I've been passing kidney stones I've had a urinary tract infection and then it came back to bite me in the bum um, last night, um, just the antibiotics haven't really kicked in, so I had to go on a drip. So I was taken into hospital, and nothing serious. Um, just needed to be rehydrated and have this IV through my system just to make me feel that little bit better. But um, soup is going to go solo today. Um, on other news as well, uh, Gareth, um, one of our co-hosts, has decided to move on. Uh, for personal reasons, he's just having. What we've all been through is a tough, a tough time the last six months. So, um, Gareth is moving on, and we're putting an advert out right now, um, looking for a co-host to join the podcast. So, I will hand you over now to Suk Deep, who has a little special guest today. Over to you, Suk. Have fun, buddy.
Thank you very much for that, Stuart, and welcome to the Fourth and Inches podcast. I'm here flying solo today, along with my little companion here. I've got Kira, uh, my son. Kira, do you want to say hello to the listeners out there? Hello. Hello. Yeah, man of very few words, Kira, but uh, hopefully um, he'll get involved and talk about some of the nice plays that he saw over the week four games and some lots to talk about uh, this week, but. We're going to start off with Thursday Night Football, uh, which seems a long time ago now, having been um, recording this podcast today on a Thursday. I'm getting ready to watch my Bucks play the Bears later on tonight. Um, but last week we had the Broncos against the Jets, where it finished Broncos 37, Jets 28. Um, bit of a bit of an unusual game. Only two poor teams out there, you know, 0-3. and three. Someone had to obviously get the first win on the board and this time it was the Broncos um the Jets got off to quite a bit of a um a good start really I mean um Sam Darnold um just sort of I think it was the 47 yard line um had a massive run for a touchdown um you know at that point you think you know the Jets might actually end up you know having a having a good week um but it was not meant to be uh, Brett Ripien obviously coming in making his um debut um, his first start for the Broncos, um, you, you know, did a, did a decent job. Obviously, he made a couple of mistakes, but you kind of expect that, you know, um, you know, at this level. And Kira, I know you want to talk about this play, but what did you think about the um, the Ripian throw to Judy? Um, I think it was a really good um, catch by Jerry Judy because um, I thought. It, it was going to land on his head and then fall to the ground, but no. Instead, Jerry Judy caught the pass and then he got a touchdown. Yeah, he just snatched it off him, didn't he? And that um, changed the game, really, because, you know, at that point, um, you think, you know, the Jets are OK and then it's 10-7 and then, you know, all of a sudden um, the pressure's on. Um, even without, obviously, fans, you know, in the stadium, the, the pressure's still on for them. And I think after that, they really grew and... You know, a lot of the game is down to uh, Tim Patrick, who obviously the Broncos have got a lot of receivers out, um, you know, with Cortland Sutton. I know, Kira, you like a big fan of Cortland Sutton. Um, he's obviously out for the season, but Tim Patrick did a very good job. Um, I believe he got sort of over 100, um, you know, receiving yards as well. Um, the Broncos really sort of went ahead in sort of the second half of the game. Um, you know, some really really um you know good play using the running backs he used melvin gordon quite well um he he went in for a massive play in the third quarter which put you know the broncos in range um to get you know the the next touchdown so you, you know really all in all um the jets are in a in a massive pickle at the minute you know we don't know when their next win's going to come from. You would have thought, you know, playing against a second-string quarterback, this would be the time for the Jets to maybe actually get a win on the board. And really, you know, for them, Adam Gase, uh, the head coach now, is fighting for his job. You know, will he see past October, given, you know, the circumstances? Um, I just don't see it, really. Um, but for me, I, I really enjoyed this game, to be honest. It was a, it was, it was a game that I was not planning on staying up for. Uh, before for some reason I couldn't sleep and, and ended up watching the game and you know to be honest I, I was fully entertained so that game you know has finished and 
let's see what happens for the next game. Uh, the next game we're going to talk about is the Detroit Lions against the New Orleans Saints. Um, the Lions got off to a very fast start in this game. So um, I remember watching this simultaneously whilst watching uh, the Bucks game. And obviously the Bucks, you know, we'll talk about them in a moment. But the um, I remember when the Bucks were 7-0 up and um, the Lions had got off to a fast start. I was in dreamland thinking um, that the Saints would finish, um, you know, the game being 1-3. Unfortunately, um, you know, the Saints had Drew Brees and they had a very, very strong second quarter um, in which they sort of took control of the game, really. And after that, there was only, you know, sort of really one winner. Um, you know, Matthew Stafford, you know, he's he's short on weapons. Um, you, you know, uh, Matt Patricia, wouldn't say he's under pressure, but at the same time, you know, he's not, he, you know, he's been there a couple of years now and, and, and the struggle's real for the Lions as well, like, you know, as is, you know, quite regularly. But um, it was nice to see DeAndre Swift, um, you know, get an early touchdown for them. Drew Brees um, threw, um, you know, a, a bit of a, a bit of a fluke really, but you know, hit one of the Lions' um, defensive players on the shoulder, and the ball was intercepted. The Lions capitalised on that and went, you know, fourteen zero up within sort of the first five minutes with Kenny Golladay with the touchdown at fourteen zero. You know, at that point, you think, you know, the Lions, you know, what what can they do? You know, especially given the circumstances with the Saints not having. Michael Thomas in their lineup as well. It's um, it, it was not an ideal situation, but when you got Drew Brees under centre, you know even you know with the criticisms he's had um, about his arm, you know what you can say is that they've got a very good running game and they utilised um, Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray quite well. Uh, Latavius Murray, you know, rushing for sort of fourteen carries, um, Alvin Kamara nineteen. So that tells you you know how much of a sort of split they had, and when you have you know two big backs like them you know who can really you know cause problems um not only in the running game but also uh the passing game as well um i think kamara sort of caught a vital um ball you know on the one and finished ended up on the one yard line and then kamara ended up getting the touchdown to put the game all square at 14 all um as i said the second court was literally all about the Saints and, and how, you know, their offence again, Stafford, was uh, picked off, um, I believe, or, sorry, no, he wasn't picked off, was he? But then there was, he may have been close to sort of being picked off, so I'm getting myself confused. Um, it was more in the latter part of the second quarter, he was picked off right at the end zone, um, and the Saints obviously capitalised on that uh, with Drew Brees um, throwing, you know, quite a nice pass there, out there. Um, I think it was to Traquan Smith that built up another play for them. Um, but yeah, uh, and obviously when you've got Kamara, you know, running running at these defences, it's always going to cause problems. But the Saints are the Saints are looking good. Um, the Saints are 2-2 two and two now. Um, you know, after losing sort of back-to-back -back games, you know, the pressure w was on, you know, obviously being in a tough division now with obviously Mad Bucks, um, you know, getting better as well week on week um, is always going to be you know you know difficult for them but yeah it was an absolutely interesting game there um we're going to move on to the next game which pardon me i'm just going through the list now is actually um yeah i'm going to talk about the books actually should we talk about the books Kira? yeah mm -hmm. yeah so books versus chargers um you're probably aware i've got probably a, quite a bit to talk about with this um very happy uh with the win under the circumstances the books finishing 38 31 um 
one of those games where at half time um, or just before half time, I say I was totally deflated, thinking this was going to be one of those weeks. Um, you know, being a, a Leicester City fan, you know, we'd lost three 0 earlier. Uh, I know we're not here to talk about football, but you know, you just get one of them days where nothing goes right for your sporting teams. And I thought when the books uh, got off to sort of this start, that it was going to be a real, real struggle. But they showed a lot of perseverance, and I know Kira, you know all about perseverance, don't you? Learning that in school, so. Uh, definitely something that the books definitely showed in terms of their character muscles um but for the books um they got off to a good start as they've been doing with most games in the first quarter um tom brady uh through to cameron bray um obviously we'll, we'll talk about our the tight ends later but um actually we'll, we'll mention it now obviously oj howard um unfortunately is out for the season with, with a very severe achilles um, injury so Unfortunately, now it looks like uh, the books are going to heavily rely on um, Cameron Bray and Rob Gronkowski. But um, even for today's game, they are pretty much um, very short and wide receiver. I mean, I think I could get a game at this rate, given the number of injuries they've got. Um, Mike Evans is questionable. Scotty Miller is out for... Uh, well, actually, no, Scotty Miller is uh, likely to play, sorry. Um, and a number of other old receivers. Chris Godwin's obviously out. So it's... Um, it's going to be difficult, but obviously going back to the Bucks Chargers game, um, yeah, Bucks seven zero up, and then all of a sudden, um, Herbert, Justin Herbert, what an arm this kid has got. I mean, I'll be honest, when when it came to sort of draft time, I wasn't very com very much convinced that um, Justin Herbert was going to be you know an effective NFL QB, but he's certainly showing signs of being you you know a, a very very good player. Doesn't show fears. Good good presence of mine and can throw you can certainly sling it um he threw to johnson one of these sort of unknown receivers um for a touchdown seven or pretty pretty quickly to be honest so as soon as we pretty much started celebrating you know that happened and then um unfortunately brady was then picked off by davis and you know a pick six touchdown which made it 14-7 and before you knew it it was 21-7 to the chargers um and and then after that, you had the you had the field goal, a long field goal, and you think, okay, twenty four seven. You know what can the books do to try and come back into this? A um, lot of lot of frustration in the books as well. Um, just before this play that I'm going to talk about, Mike Evans um, had a bit of a tussle with uh, some of the defensive backs um, of the Chargers, um, resulting in then the Chargers getting the ball back um, 46 seconds left of the second quarter um, Joshua Kelly the rookie fumbles and the books capitalized on that uh, by getting the ball back and Tom Brady what do you know he throws it to his uh, best target Mike Evans for the touchdown which made it 24-14 at half time that was pretty much a game changer for the books I felt um, you know the this whole momentum sort of changed in that game and, you know, this game is all about momentum, you know, um, it's not over until, you know, um, basically four quarters, basically. And Tom Brady then threw to OJ Howard, made it 24-21. Um, and then once again, a deep throw by Brady to Scotty Miller, um, which, you know, was a, was, a, was a superb catch if you watch the highlight tape on this. And then they capitalised on that by throwing again to Scotty Miller to make it 
And then just when you think, okay, the Bucks have come back into this and they're going to win the game, uh, Justin Herbert comes back and throws another 72-yard touchdown throw to make it 31-28. And you just think, oh, it's going to be one of those days. Um, but it was an amazing catch there. It was second and 20, and Evans pretty much looked like he lost anywhere. He wasn't anywhere near the ball. He just adjusted his body. And considering he's got a bit of an injury as well, it was very impressive to see him sort of catch that ball. Um, that gave the Bucks momentum. And then um, the rookie, Keyshawn Vaughn, um, sort of capitalised, you know, with a with a touchdown pass um, by Brady. Um, and, yeah, ended up finishing 38-31. You know, great win for the Bucks, but obviously coming into Thursday night now, they've got a lot of injuries. Um, the next game we're going to talk about is the Jacksonville Jaguars against the Cincinnati Bengals. So this finished um, Cincinnati 33, Jaguars 25. The Bengals now are off with off and running now with Joe Burrow with their first win um, under him, um, especially after you know getting the um, the tie last week as well. I think this is you know something that's very much needed um, you know from the Bengals. Um, Jags got off to an early lead and then Joe Burrow threw a pick in the end zone, which, you know, at that point, you, you know, you do think maybe the Jags, I mean, they've been competitive in most games this season, to be fair to them. Um, you know, using Robinson, the running back well, um, they got off to um, sort of an early lead, 10-3 um, up. Um, and then Burrow, you know, using his tight ends pretty well, to be honest, you know, he's done... He's done a good job, you know, as well using uh, di different sort of plays. Uh, T. Higgins has been used quite a lot as well. Uh, I think he sort of caught four passes. Tyler Boyd, uh, I know, Kira, you're a big Tyler Boyd fan, aren't you? He um, he caught a number of passes as well from Burrow, didn't he? Mm -hmm. He's just nodding. <laughs> What's that you're trying to signal? Picture. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Kira probably wants to say he's got a picture of him and Tyler Boyd uh, when he went to London last year so that's definitely a player he's always looking out for uh, you know when it's not only just when it comes to sort of fantasy football but just in general um, but this was a bit of a topsy-turvy game um, you know in the first quarter um, Jags were winning 13-10 um, sort of a game of you know the odd touchdown and field goals really um, oh god I've not even talked about Joe Mixon have I uh, what an absolute beast of a game Joe Mixon had so 25 carries 151 yards and two touchdowns he he was doubt he was a doubt for the game as well you know a lot of people thought he wouldn't make it um, I had him in my fantasy lineup and was sort of in an ring of whether to sort of start him but when you've got a fantasy roster which has so many injuries um, you know you kind of have to go with you know whoever and mix and um, sort of turn the game on its head really with two early touchdowns in the third quarter um, you know after being behind they were suddenly within a few minutes 24-13 up um, the Jags obviously I talked about their problems last week you know with sort of you know their pass rush I mean losing Calais Campbell you know they're relying on Josh Allen you know he's a, he's a very good very good player uh, for the Jags but unfortunately you can't do it on your own, you know. Um, you know, in this these sort of teams now losing Ngokwe and players like that, you, you just simply need um, more there. And I think the Jags obviously need to sort of address that um, next season. But they're, they're a competitive team at the end of the day. I think with Jags, you just don't know. They, there's going to be a result where they're going to turn over a team unexpectedly. Um, 
it wasn't the Bengals uh, this week, but you know uh, their time will hopefully come um, at some point, and you know hope it will at the end of the day. You know, being one of London's teams, um, you really want the Jags to sort of you know do well. Um, the next game we're going to talk about is the Texans and the Vikings. So um, a bit of a controversial, well, not a controversial ending, but it was certainly a game that had its drama um, given the circumstances. So for those of you who don't know, Bill O'Brien um, has actually now been relived, relieved of his duties as the GM and head coach of the Houston Texans. Now, bit of an embarrassing one for this for me given the fact that I said that the Texans would finish uh, winning the division uh, I know I've been getting a lot of stick from uh, my good buddy Ryan Slaughter who's a Titans fan um, always said I, I have a lot of time for the Tennessee Titans really one of my sort of teams that I do always look out for you know um, Kira I know you're a big Derrick Henry guy aren't you so yeah you're just nodding there they can't hear you when you're not yeah <laughs> so um, he's a big Derrick Henry fan and you know it's um you know, the titans look good but obviously everything going on with the covid situation you know how much is that going to have an impact on their season i still think the texans will get quite a number of wins in and, and nothing will surprise me obviously they've had a tough schedule but this vikings game was definitely one that they kind of needed a victory um and i think you know understandably the texans hierarchy you know sort of had enough um you know the, I mean, in terms of talking about the game, um, first quarter, not much to talk about. Darwin Cook got a sort of a touchdown, uh, rushing touchdown. He had a good game, uh, 27 carries, getting 130 yards and two touchdowns. Once again, you know, they've got they've got a good group there, you know, of running backs with Alexander Madison as well. Um, I think he, he got in there and got a touchdown at some point in the game as well. Um, one play I do want to talk about was... Um, Adam Phelan. Um, so, Adam Phelan, um, eight carries, 114 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, I don't know if you guys seen this play, but it was on uh, Red Zone where he was uh, one side of the pitch, caught the ball, and rather than obviously running towards the goal line, he ran the complete opposite way um, to the other touchline. And I think the stat sheets reported that he'd actually ran for 100 yards, but technically, because he ran sort of diagonally um it was only given like three or four yards so um you know bless him imagine going for all that effort and then only getting um a few yards but you know the the vikings um you know a lot of people obviously surprised about this but they, they generally do be slow starters i mean kirk cousins obviously lost stefan diggs you know as a massive weapon to lose and he's proven how much of a good player he is you know at the buffalo bills already so i think you know with with Cousins, he's only relying on Adam Phelan. Uh, Justin Jefferson seems to, um, you know, be showing that he's definitely worth, you know, the the early draft grade that he had. Um, you know, so he's he's catching a few balls as well. But other than that, you, you still think that the Vikings, uh, they are going to struggle, you know, when it comes to even sort of the cornerback position as well. They're, you know, I know we criticised Xavier Rhodes last season, but he's he's... Once again, he's coming on well for the Colts, and we'll, we'll talk about them sort of later on in in this program. Um, for the Texans, obviously, it's a long road ahead now. Um, you, you know, where do they go? I mean, they've got uh, no first round picks next year. They've given them to the Miami Dolphins. Uh, they've got to look at how they're going to cope. You know, with 
you know, I, th I think also they're the biggest net spenders as well when it comes to the salary cap. So somewhere or, or another, they're going to have to get rid of one of their players. Um, I'm actually <laughs> just watching that Adam Phelan play again. So Kirk, can you see he just ran from literally yeah. one side of the pitch to the other? Um, just a very unusual play. Um, but yeah, I think with the Texans, I mean, you know, what do you do? Do you get rid of Deshaun Watson? I don't think you can do that. Um, JJ Watt as well, he's obviously not getting any younger and obviously you've got to think he's got a massive, massive contract. So somewhere or another, I think maybe that they might even have to sort of look at JJ Watt's contract and maybe sort of, you know, offload him to someone. Um, obviously they're not going to get a high pick for him given the age, but, you know, at the end, if you can reduce that salary cap, they need to sort of, in a rebuild mode and you know it's going to take a couple of years for them to get anywhere near that but you just don't know obviously you know when you've got intangible like Deshaun Watson it's always going to give you know a team a chance um one person one per I am actually impressed with is the tight end Jordan Akins I think he's come on strong um sort of taken over the mantle from Darren Fells you know everyone was expecting Darren Fells to sort of be the um number one um, tight end target but that's not turned out to be the case um, so yeah uh, still a few positives I don't think their roster is completely bad so we'll just see how things um, pan out there for them but the next game we're going to talk about is the Miami Dolphins uh, Seattle Seahawks um, Miami a bit like Jacksonville are a very very competitive team now um, once again you know obviously there's all the talk about Tua but I think you can't rush player like two i know fitzpatrick threw for a couple of picks in this game but at the same time you know you just got to consider that you know two has obviously come back he's not had um you know much sort of practice time same time he's had you know very serious injuries you don't want to rush this decision you got you know you want to you want to build him for the next sort of five six years not you know worry about one year i mean just look at the washington football team with dwayne haskins you know um we'll, we'll obviously go and talk about them later on but it's uh, clearly a struggle for them but a very hard fought victory for the Seattle Seahawks um, they got a very early interception and with that interception they actually capitalised on that with Chris Carson uh, making it 7-0 uh, Chris Carson was another injury doubt for the game so for him you know fantastic you know um, contribution there early on um, sorry just to go back to sort of the Vikings Texans game as well sorry I just uh it just come to my head now. Um, the Will Fuller um, touchdown that was obviously not given. Um, I know we talk about that in the officiating podcast, but for me, I I completely agree. He didn't have sort of control of the ball. But it's interesting when you look at you know, had that touchdown been given, do you think the Texans would have? Do you think they would have fired their head coach, or do you think he would have stayed on Kira? So he got the stayed on. Yeah, exactly. It's just crazy, isn't it? How you get one throw and then. If you don't get it, it can cost someone, you know, as much as it has. But at the end of the day, you've got to win all your other games. So it's just one of those things. But um, going back to the Dolphins, Seahawks, sorry, just got off a bit on a tangent there. Um, the Dolphins, really, it was all about field goals for them. I mean, if you've got the Dolphins kicker in fantasy, you'd be laughing because I think he sort of got five field goals from what I remember. Um, so it just goes to show that, um, although a lot of criticism has come from the uh, Seahawks secondary, I mean, they, they were managed to sort of hold out Ryan uh, Fitzpatrick there on this game. Um, you know, they sort of took a... So, yeah, so it was a 10-6 at one point. Um, 
the Seahawks had a fourth and three. They couldn't convert. Um, and then the game ended up being 10-9. Um, but they got a big, massive touchdown just before half time to make it 17-9. Um, in the third quarter, Russell Wilson was picked off by Xavier Howard, a player that I, you know, really, really rate. Um, you know, I think so underrated given he's just playing for a full team, to be honest. Um, you know, it's just just one of those things. Then the game ends up being 17-12. Um, another field goal converted. It was just literally, that's all it was really. And then 17-15, another field goal in the fourth quarter. Um, so the Dolphins were really in this game, you know, up until, you know, the fourth quarter, you know, and then Russell Wilson threw the touchdown pass to David Moore to make it 24-15. Um, and then Fitz was then picked off by Shaquille Griffin. Um, obviously capitalised on that by making it 31-15. Um, you know, Fitzmagic just couldn't get going in terms of throw, going anywhere near the end zone, um, you know. And then what does Fitzmagic decide to do? Um, one of the probably slowest players in the NFL decides to run it himself for a touchdown, make it 31-21, and then they convert the two-point conversion. So I think with this game, I mean, a lot of positives. I think uh, Seahawks obviously carry on, you know, with their winning run. Uh, Russell Wilson, once again, um, not, not quite the prolific game that he we're used to seeing from Russell Wilson, but certainly, you know, one which, you know, Seahawks fans have got nothing to worry about and will be happy, you know, used um, DK Metcalf a lot more than Tyler Lockett in this particular game, um, but also, you know, you've got the emergence of David Moore, Greg Olson as well, um, and, and obviously with that power running game, um, you, you know, they're, gonna, they're always going to be, you, you know, potentially outscoring teams, you know, quite easily there. So the Seahawks look good, obviously four and zero. Dolphins one and three. I think to be honest, is not you know can't really expect too much you know at this stage from them. Uh, the next game we're going to talk about is the uh, Cowboys and Browns game. Um, I know Kira, you're actually up for this one because um, obviously normally your bedtime is well normally it should be eight o'clock really, but. Um, you got a bit excited with some of the action that was going on and I think this was definitely one of the games that sort of kept you up. Uh, do you want to talk about one of your sort of favourite plays in that game that you mentioned to me before? My favourite play was where um, the Browns snapped it um Baker Mayfield passed it to Nick Chubb and then Nick Chubb passed it to Jarvis Landry. Then Jarvis Landry um, threw it to Odell Beckham and then he got the touchdown. Wow, so that was a, a great way of showing how, you know, different players in different positions can sort of get, um, you know, play have a trick play, isn't it? So that that was good. And then one of the players that you really like in the draft, C.D. Lamb, uh, ended up getting a touchdown as well earlier on, making it 7-7. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a bit of a fast start. Um, I mean, first quarter, uh, Amari Cooper was on the score sheet as well, making it 14-7 in the first quarter, uh, but the Browns really, you know, once again going through those trick plays, Baker Mayfield handing it off uh, to Odell Beckham and that run by Odell Beckham, um, I mean, we'll be talking about a few of them, but he he's really, really shown um, that he's, okay, maybe it's a bit premature to say he's back, but, you know, he's definitely showing signs of being, you know, that tangible player that he's needed on offense and you know, obviously that massive run that he made and then Baker threw a touchdown pass to him to make it 14-all. Um, big mistake there by the Cowboys offense. 
resulting in uh, the Browns getting the ball back. Um, massive play there by Miles Garrett. Um, you know, the, the Browns sort of capitalised on that. Baker, um, he's not doing anything spectacular. I mean, by any stretch of the imagination, he's just using his weapons in different ways. And I think the kind of plays you got when you got a player like um, Chubb, Jarvis Landry, um, and Odell Beckham, you know, you, you can afford to do, you know, different sort of mismatch games. Um, Nick Chubb, obviously, is injury. Um, he's had a massive injury there, so his season is in doubt at the minute. You know, who knows what's going to happen there. Um, the Browns, obviously, in the game, also threw to Austin Hooper to make it 21-14. We could be we could be talking about this game for ages, can't we, Garrett? But once again, um, Ezekiel Elliott, massive fumble. You know, as soon as you made one fumble and the Browns capitalised, there was another one. And then Kareem Hunt, um, you know, sort of capitalised on that with a massive run, which put the Browns at first and goal. And then obviously, I think at that point, Chubb was out of the game and Kareem Hunt ended up getting the touchdown to make it 28-14. I'd say that's um, you know absolutely incredible, um, and then the Browns then still at that point you know keeping the majority of the possession there. You know if you look at sort of the the stats, I think I mean Dak still threw for fifty eight attempts, which is which is crazy, and he got five hundred and two yards and four touchdowns. So he's on course for record breaking numbers at this rate, but. Obviously, the Cowboys now really, really, you know, they can't afford to just have these slow starts. I mean, uh, it's one thing doing it against the Falcons, but then when you do it against teams, um, I mean, the Browns aren't even, you know, overly special, but imagine doing it against some other teams. You know, you are really going to struggle to get that win. Um, and in the second half of the game, you know, using the running backs again, Kareem Hunt once again in there with, with the touchdown, made it, made it 38 14 and then the obviously um, field goal made it 41 14 you think the game's over but somehow the Cowboys um, show you know that fight fighting spirit in their home stadium uh, Pollard came up with the rushing touchdown and then they attempted the two-point conversion which I believe it was I think it was Ezekiel Elliott was Ezekiel Elliott you got the two-point conversion Garrett yeah 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 so uh, Ezekiel Elliott got the two-point conversion you know, Cowboys then using their tight end Schultz. Now he's uh, someone who's obviously been under the radar. He's he's coming on very strong. You know, there's a as a sort of long term replacement for Jason Witten. Um, once again, going for the two point conversion and getting it, and it was one of them where you just saw, you you just saw that the Cowboys were definitely coming back and the momentum was with them, making it forty one thirty. And you know they had. They just had the possession of the ball really and, and Browns weren't obviously converting when they had it um, massive touchdown pass there to CD Lamb uh, you know that brought them right back into the game at 31 sorry 41 36 attempted the two-point conversion and for the third time they did that and this time with Amari Cooper uh, to make it 41 38 and then it's a three-point game and I think in the fourth quarter the Browns only had about 20 yards and then that play by Odell Beckham, amazing, amazing run. How, how he just managed to elude all these defenders. I mean, they were, they were just falling asleep and it was just a 
it was just an absolute amazing run by him and you know just goes to show how special he can be you know when he sort of puts his mind to it uh, at that point then obviously we talk about this in the officiating podcast the the attempted um, extra point was blocked by the Cowboys however because the Cowboys touched the ball and they didn't have control of it uh, the ball ended up near the end zone and the the Browns got it back and they ended up getting getting the points for that and then putting the game at 49-38 and I think that was pretty much the game changer for them um, you know that's when you know looks on your side when you capitalise on a when, when your kick gets blocked and then you still somehow manage to come out come out with it with some points you know you just know it's it's going to be your day but an absolute fantastic game for those who obviously love you know offensive football I know for the purists out there it's not always the best um, I think I was talking with um, Gareth about this uh, previously about the um, you know what type of game you know do you prefer do you prefer the one with all the attacking play or do you prefer you know defensive masterminds I think I'm, I'm a bit of both really but you know you can't go wrong with you know seeing so many points on board um, but the next game we're going to talk about is the Panthers and Cardinals um, not going to lie in terms of obviously given the circumstances of you know normally we, we get selected to do about five six games each um, so normally you know we're not you, you know we watch highlights of most of the games but this one obviously particularly even though Panthers are a rival, it's not something that I've, you know, overly watched, if I'm being honest. So, you know, do forgive me, obviously, if my memory isn't the best with this, but it finished um, Cardinals 21, um, Panthers 31. Um, a bit of a surprise result for me, Kira. Um, I thought, I didn't think the Panthers would be this competitive so early with, with a new head coach. What, what do you think? Mm. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater's looking... Like you can, he can do the business, can't he? You know he's um, he's not he's not a bad quarterback at all. And um, really in this game, how the game sort of game plan panned out, the Cardinals never really looked like they were coming back into it. Uh, the Panthers got off to a very very early start, being fourteen zero up in the first quarter. Um, you know, despite McCaffrey being out injured, you know, uh, Mike Davis has proven that he's a you know, he's a really good understudy and, you know, they're going to certainly, you know, produce, um, you know, numbers with, with Mike Davis as well. I think he sort of got 84 yards with a touchdown. Um, and, yeah, there was, it was a case of the Panthers getting off to a very, very early start, um, fast start, you know. And when, when you're 14 points ahead in the first quarter, you're always going to give yourself the opportunity to, to win a football game. Um Cardinals really, for me, are they've struggled over the course of the last couple of weeks now. There's been a couple of shocking results on their part, which I thought you know they they should have, you know, won those games. You know, given you know on paper, but obviously games don't get won on paper. Um, Kyler Murray for me, I mean, he's definitely definitely QB that you know I do like, but sometimes. I, mean, I don't know. I, actually, I don't think I don't see what what he's done wrong. To be honest, in this game, I mean, I know in the previous game he threw for a couple of interceptions, but to me, I mean, looking at sort of the stat sheet there, you know, he, he's only he's only threw thirty one times, 
and got 133 yards. But in that 133 yards, he's made it count. Uh, I mean, he's he's got three touchdowns. Um, so, you know, Kyler Murray and you're always going to get that dual threat from him with you know the running game as well. Um, you know, he's obviously proven that that he can do that. Um, I think a lot of the touchdown throws were sort of um, short yardage ones. Um, I think he found a tight end in in uh, Jordan Thomas. Um, Christian Kirk as well, um, you know. So he's got he's got different weapons out there. DeAndre Hopkins wasn't as sort of um, his usual self, shall we say, and in the sense of you know what he produced on the field. But really, can't really talk too much about this game if I'm being honest, because I've just not had um, the full um, you know obviously being a week ago with these games. The memory sometimes does fade, you know, especially in my old age now. Uh, Kira, you probably have got a better memory than me, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, there we go. Um, the next game we're going to talk about is uh, the Washington football team against the Baltimore Ravens. So this finished Washington 17, Baltimore 31. Now, um, the first quarter, Washington um, had an early fumble and the Ravens took over um, and made a play to Marquise Brown straight for the one-yard line. And then after that, Mark Ingram got the touchdown on the one-yard line, which I know, Kira, you were frustrated with because we did not put Mark Ingram on our fantasy football team. But then he didn't do much else, really, in that game, did he? I don't um, I don't see, I don't recall him being in, involved in too much of the sort of plays there for the Ravens. Obviously, when you've got, you know, Lamar Jackson, um, you're not always having to rely on, um, you know, someone like Mark Ingram. I think he only sort of had, you know, five or six carries, if that. So, yeah, eight, yeah, you point at eight. So mm. it just goes to show, you know, how much sort of the running game gets distributed around it. It's definitely, you know, something that you can't rely on from a fantasy perspective. But obviously, from a from an actual game perspective, it's a, it's a great game plan, you know, for them. Because you just don't know where uh, the play is going to come from. Um, and that's always a dangerous game. Uh, Lamar Jackson, it, actually point out... Um, He's not practiced for the last couple of days, so he potentially could be a doubt for this weekend's game. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. But um, in terms of the yeah, so the Ravens got off to a fast start, seven zero, due to the uh, Washington uh, mistake. Uh, Washington then missed the field goal. Um, you know, I think it was over sort of fifty yard field goal they they missed, which you know. Obviously, you, you've got to, when you play the Ravens, you've got to capitalize, you know, on these points. And then Lamar Jackson went for a massive, massive fifty-yard run. Um, I think Kerry, you were watching that way when he had his arm in the air and you thought he was going to get sort of tackled, but he, this guy's too fast, isn't he, Lamar Jackson? Mm. Yeah, you like to uh, play him on uh, Madden, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Who are your favorite QBs to play as on on Madden? So you've been playing with recently is Lamar and who's the other one? We talked Kyla about Murray. Kyla Murray, that's it. So it's uh definitely, you know, an absolute weapon to have on your team. Uh, but Washington, another team I think, you know, they they fight they fight, um, you know, you've got to for a, when you play for a team, you know, where you've got Ron Rivera as your head coach. Um they didn't give up and they came back into the game uh with, with the touchdown there. Um, you know, Great play by Gibson near the goal line, and then you know, runs for the touchdown there, fourteen seven. Um, the Ravens had a vital play, fourth and nine, um, 
and sorry, third and nine. What am I allowed? Fourth and nine. No, there was a fourth and nine actually, and they made it to Boykin. They capitalized on that with a touchdown to Mark Andrews. Uh, Lamar was sort of picked off before half time as well, and I think uh, Washington capitalized on that by getting the field goal. So it was twenty one ten at half time. So very much, you know, still kind of in the game. Um, in the third quarter. Uh, Lamar Jackson once again uses his tight end Mark Andrews for the second touchdown to make it 28-10 and then they get the field goal and then this is a, an interesting one so obviously the um, Washington sort of changed it up a bit in terms of the playbook in the fourth quarter Washington um, were sorry Baltimore obviously changed the playbook and I'm getting confused because of the player we're talking about but RG3, uh, the former Washington player, um, gets picked off by his former team. So that was interesting. Um, in the late fourth quarter, Haskins threw deep to Terry McLaurin. You know, got him at the goal line and then Haskins rushed for his first ever rushing touchdown. Um, Dwayne Haskins, it's come out obviously in the news that he's no longer the starter uh, for this week coming. Carl uh, Allen's now going to very much be having the job for this week so it's going to be an absolute you know shame uh, for him but at the end of the day um, Ron Rivera is not going to mess around you know he's got to ensure that he's getting uh, the best out of you know his players and Dwayne Haskins has got a lot of problems you know when it comes to sort of footwork uh, I mentioned it last week when it comes to him actually looking at his receivers as well it's so obvious who he's going to throw to and I think you know when you have that cornerbacks and safeties you know they're going to sort of capitalize on that so you know it's an absolute shame but um Kira I think what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the next game which uh, is one that's very close to your heart uh, the Rams and the Giants and then I think Sonny Jim uh, given the time um, and it's been Thursday it's past your bedtime isn't it so we'll do that uh, and then we'll sort of take a bit of a break and then move on to the second part of the show um, so the Giants uh, versus the Rams finished 17-9. Um, Kira, um, I mean, I know this was a late game, so you didn't actually technically watch it live and you saw the highlights on Red Zone, but when you heard the score, what was your what's your initial thoughts? Were you surprised at the scoreline or happy? Or what was your feelings towards it? Were you disappointed? I wasn't really surprised because Giants aren't a really good team, so... Yeah, but I wouldn't then, have been surprised if they lost. Yeah, I mean, I, I get that, but then were you surprised that the Rams had only scored 17 points? I mean, given the circumstances that the Giants don't really have sort of the best defence. Um, I know you saw the first part when Gerald Everett got the rushing touchdown. Did you think you were going to wake up to the Rams maybe getting 40, 50 points against the Giants, or did you think 17, what, 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 you know? What, no. No, maybe so you don't? 17 like you said like 30 maybe yeah 30 at least i would have thought against a team like the giants so it was um it's just a bit of a strange game i think no one really uh none of the quarterbacks sort of were really prolific um jared goff really i think the problem this week is he, he didn't really use his uh, running backs as much i mean joel henderson's obviously had two monster back-to-back -back weeks uh, malcolm brown's back um, as well uh, he had a bit of an injury um, and you know they didn't really use that the running backs very well um, for, for me personally and I think 
that sort of a mystery in their playbook that Sean McVay likes to do, how he likes to experiment. I think that was sort of missing and some of it was just a bit obvious. I don't know whether they took the Giants too lightly and thought, you know, we're just going to sort of take our foot off the pedal. It did come across that way, but then the defence, I mean, the the Rams' defence really, really on, you know, on fire there. Um, you know, what, what can you say about, you know, some of these players? Um think they did get to Daniel Jones quite a bit um, I can't recall how many sacks they got but even Aaron Donald only got half a sack I think um I'm trying to think how many, how many times was he sacked let me just have a quick look so yeah he sacked five times uh Daniel Jones which to be honest I probably would have expected a higher number there as well um Daniel Jones obviously struggle struggling with that offensive line you know just not getting any sort of support and you know it's it's a difficult time for him. I mean, uh, any, anyone who's a, a quarterback in New York, unless you count Josh Allen, is having a bit of a, a difficult time. Um, Buffalo's in New York, by the way, Kira, if, if you're acting confused, because I think he just mm. was thinking what I'm on about there. Um, but yeah, so three teams in New York. But um, yeah, really, uh, Rams good on defense, offense. They really need to find something against. Uh, they got Washington next, haven't they? So that's going to be a harder game than the Giants, isn't it? So I think they really, really got to get their tricks in play, um, you know, the Rams. But at the end of the day, I think you would have taken 3-1, and one, wouldn't you? Um, you? You weren't really optimistic at the start of the season. So 3 and one's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah. And the Giants obviously being 0-4, um, you know, it's a battle between the two New York teams for the first pick, in my opinion, um, you know. It's just going to be a long season for them, but you know, that's the way it goes uh, for them. But yeah, Kira, do you have any other words you like to say um, in terms of the the podcast? Actually, you were, you were reading a book, weren't you? Yeah. What's the book called? Eden and the Dukes. Eden and the Dukes. Yep. So, um, for those of you who don't know, uh, Eden and the Dukes um, was actually kindly given to us by. Um, a good friend of the podcast, uh, Mark Holden, um, from Hail Mary Hits and Five Star. So he actually gave a few of the books out to um, some people who, who listened. And I've actually been having a conversation with Phoebe um, Chester, who's the, uh, one of the authors of the book. And, you know, hopefully one day we can get her to come on the show and maybe speak to Kira and talk about the actual book itself. But it's a very, very interesting book. Um, what are your sort of thoughts on the Rams against Washington? I think the Rams will win. You think the Rams will win? Yeah. How do you think they're going to win? Do you think it's going to be a good defensive performance or do you think it's going to be the offence who's going to... I think the offence. Do you think the offence is going to play better then? Mm. Yeah. You're always going to get good play from Aaron Donald anyway, aren't you? Mm. Yeah. But what do you think about the books tonight, my books against the Bears? What do you think? I'm not sure, really. You're not sure? Because books have got quite a lot of injuries, and mm. um, which may, is going to make it hard for them. Yeah. So. No, most definitely, it's going to be definitely going to be hard. But you know, we'll just have to wait and see how that how that pans out. But um, do you want to say good night to the listeners, Kira? Good night. Okay, we'll be back for the second part after the short break. <laughs> Oh, you know, man. Oh, you know, man. Oh, you know, man.
Hello everyone and welcome, welcome, <laughs> oh god what's going on there, welcome to the second part of the podcast, uh, now that Kira is in, hopefully, well hopefully he's asleep, uh, we're going to talk about the next lot of games um, that we've had in week four, so we're going to start off with the Colts and the Bears, um, which finished Bears 11, Colts 19, um, the yeah, with this game, I mean, a very low-scoring affair. Um, I think a lot of the problems in this go down to, number one, the Colts being a very good defence, a very underestimated defence, and the Colts having problems in the red zone. I mean, um, you know, the struggles are there for Philip Rivers in terms of, you know, finding their weapons, you know, for the touchdown. Just so happens they did get an early touchdown in the first quarter, Um you know, Mo Ali Cox, another player that I sort of talked about a couple of weeks ago, you know, sort of under the radar players now really, you know, he's not under the radar anymore. He's really showing that, you know, he's going to be, you know, a really good weapon um, for Rivers. And, you know, Philip Rivers obviously likes to utilise the tight end, you know, as he did in, you know, with the Chargers, you know, when it was Antonio Gates and even, you know, Hunter Henry. So, you know, he's definitely coming on leaps and bounds now and, you know, he, it's great, you know, I love hearing these sort of stories, you know, in the NFL. Um, so, you know, the Colts got off to an early lead. Um, Nick Foles for me, I mean, he may come under a bit of criticism, but for me, I don't think he did too much wrong. I mean, you know, he obviously threw for um, 249 yards. He, you know, the pick that he threw wasn't his fault, in my opinion. Um Still has a very good connection with Alan Robinson. I mean, the problem is that's the only thing that that was the case. He only had a connection with Alan Robinson. I mean, any time he sort of connected on any of these throws, um, Alan Robinson was at sort of the end of them. Um, you know, so he's particularly in the fourth quarter really came on sort of really strong. Um, but obviously, going in sort of the order of the game, the second quarter, uh, Jonathan Taylor, you know, had a very very impressive run there uh, he's he's looking very good he seems to have sorted out his issues that he had in college so far with fumbling but you know that can also change um rodrigo blankenship my boy uh went for a field goal uh 10-3 i was convinced watching this i don't know any of you guys watched that field goal i was convinced it was wide right um but somehow i mean the, the officials gave it and they've got a better eyesight than me but it just really wide for a kick that was you know sort of 30 yards um repeated that feat again this time was a bit more straight to make it 13-3 at half time uh and you know really the bears never never really looked like they were gonna sort of win um you know they've they've obviously although you know they've got foals in there it's certainly not a case that you know they're out of the woods and you know their their struggles are still real but at the end of the day they've got a good record you know so far and you know they've um you know they've shown that they are going to be competitive you know still being three and one after this um i think a lot of bears fans you know would have taken that hopefully by the end of this week or end of today they'll be three and two but i'm not overly convinced i think the bears will definitely make a better account of themselves this week than they did last week when it comes to sort of their offense um, and you know you always got a chance when you got sort of Khalil Mack in there, you know, in defense, you know, causing problems, and you know the secondary is good as well. Um, you know Eddie Jackson, Roquan Smith, um, you know, very 
very good players, um, you know, on defence. And Jalen Johnson, a player, you know, I read of coming out of the draft as well. He's he's coming on as being, you know, a very, very top prospect. But in terms of, you know, talk, talking points here, um, I say, you know, fourth quarter, you're looking at 16-3 to the Colts. There's not much we're going for, um, you know, the Colts. Falls intercepted, like I said, but it's not his fault. Uh, the player, obviously, the receiver slipped, you know, and it went straight into sort of the um, the Colts players' hands. I can't remember who got the pick, to be honest. Now, um, was so long ago. Try to think who the pick was. Now, I think it was the rookie, wasn't it, Julian Blackman? So, um, you know, a very very good moment for him, I'm sure. It wasn't wasn't the easiest one to sort of intercept either, but you know, it's just one of those unfortunate things but once again falls good connection with alan robinson i think that's a, a real positive you know moving forward you know given the fact that robinson had his problems a few weeks ago you know about the contract dispute really seems to show that he's put that aside and actually you know thinking about for the team he does come across to me as being um you know one for the team kind of player and not sort of selfish and i think he's going to still give it his all despite you know whatever sort of niggles he has but uh, at the end of the day, if your team's winning and what they were, they're winning, you know, a three and zero start, things, you know, are going to be a lot more brighter. But um, the next game I'm going to move on to is the Bills and the Raiders. Uh, once again, uh, we're talking about the Bills and the fast start, not as fast as um, some of the other games that they've had this season. Um, must admit. So, you know, early touchdown throw uh, by Josh Allen. You know. They were fourteen three up in the second quarter, you know, and it, to me it looked like you know it was it was going to be all business, you know, as usual. Fourteen three. Um, one of the big plays that we sort of talk about with Roger is the um, throw by uh, Derek Carr, which got called back for uh, an illegal uh, formation, which you know caused a lot of. Uh, problems there you know, you know in terms of falling behind but Derek Carr for me I mean I don't know I mean with Derek Carr it's 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 unusual isn't it when you look at his stats you think yeah he's he's, he's a player who's you know definitely one of the sort of top QBs in the NFL but then when you watch it actually live and and see what's going on you just think you know is he really that quarterback you know is he is he the one who's gonna sort of make that difference you know, a lot of sort of people I've been listening to have been saying, you know, he seems to be playing with a lot of fear. And I think that's a massive problem. You know, he's doing things right. He's not, he's not, you know, picking, get throwing interceptions, but at the same time, he's not also taking chances. So, you know, you've got to look at it from that spectrum. Are you looking for someone, you know, who's going to throw the ball, not take any chances and maybe win you sort of five or six games? Um, or do you want to go for a massive gunslinger who's just going to throw the ball, you know, anywhere and just hope to get 40, 50 points, you know, um, and also get a few picks? Um, wonder who I'm talking about there. Could only be James Winston. <laughs> but, um, you know, at the end of the day, it was a competitive game. You know, uh, the Bills were 17-16 up, you know, midway through the third quarter. Um, they used they used different weapons, you know, uh, quite nicely, um, you know, in terms of, Devin Singletree definitely got a lot more carries than he normally does in a game. Um, I think he had 18 carries for 56 yards, uh, was, was on the score again, you, you know. Um, so that that's a positive from 
the Bills' point of view. Uh, Josh Allen didn't make any sort of real nutball mistakes that he's been doing more recently. So I think that's another positive that the Bills need to look at. And and obviously winning in Vegas, you know, I mean, that's not, not going to be easy. I mean, look look at the Saints. The Saints lost, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago there. So it's, it's Vegas is not going to be an easy place to go to when, and they're going to sort of be in there or thereabouts. I mean, it's a bit unpredictable in terms of how they're going to sort of finish. But, you know, Stefan Diggs, mate, he's, um, he's rejuvenated, isn't he? I mean, if you look at the season he had last year with the Vikings, it was sort of hit and miss with Kirk Cousins, you know, that relationship. But this partnership with Josh Allen, you know, he, he suits that Josh Allen arm. And, you know, I'm happy that I picked him up in a couple of fantasy teams because um, I just thought, you know, that he's going to sort of have that, have that type of season. And he, he's certainly proven that, you know, once again, um, the, the the Bills have got good weapons. I mean, the end day, you look at John Brown, Cole Beasley, Gabriel Davis, the rookie, you know, he's he's looking very good as well. Dawson Knox, the tight end. Um it's going to be, the, the Bills are definitely going to be up there, you know, in the playoffs. And, you know, it's it's good because that fan base, you know, deserves to have success, you know. Um, you know, they've been through a lot as a franchise. So if they can somewhere get anywhere near the sort of, you know, deep run in the playoffs, I'm sure those fans are going to be really, really happy. But, um, yeah, I think positives from both sides, you know, you can look at a um, bit of fear factor there, I think, from... Derek Carr, Josh Allen, complete opposite sort of player, you know. So it's, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. But the next game we're going to talk about is the Eagles and 49ers. Sorry, I've been talking quite a lot today. So I think uh, I'm going to definitely need a bit of a rest after this one. Uh, it's a good job. I'm actually um, off work uh, tomorrow. So after watching the Bucks game, I'm going to have a nice snap, maybe do the school run and then... Uh, yeah, we'll see how the day goes. But the Eagles and 49ers, this result wasn't a bit, wasn't a surprise to me, to be honest. I remember um, talking in our books group with um, Sam, uh, one, one, of, one of our uh, books fans on the group. And I think his brother's an Eagles fan. And he um, mentioned that he thought the Eagles were going to sort of, you know, do them over. And uh, to be honest, I, I, I kind of agreed with him. And it just, it's just one of those games where obviously, you know, the Niners have got injuries. The Eagles need somewhere to get a result. And, you know, desperate for a result given the start that they've had. They've uh, caused some vents. I mean, I wouldn't say wouldn't say he's had a top game either. You know, it's just, it's, he just, you know, he just won a football game. But he, he did make one really nice play to, you know, in the first quarter to start the drive where he got the rushing touchdown. You know, where he used the decoy uh, running back to sort of get in there. Um and you know it's they've got to start doing things like this just to build that confidence up uh went went for the two-point conversion as well uh to Sackerts, you know put them eight zero up so that was a that was a positive on their part 49ers um you know a bit of a struggle there um you know nick mullins was or well he played half a game really didn't he obviously cj befford was also um playing the other half Neither really did much, uh, if I'm being perfectly honest. Um, the play to Brandon Ayuk, I mean, uh, I love the leap uh, by Brandon Ayuk um, for the touchdown, um, brought them back into the game uh, at 8 7. But really, other than that, there was not much else um, in it from you know a passing point of view. Uh, 
I like Nick Mullins a lot, to be honest. I think, you know, he understands the Shanahan offense. And, you know, when you understand the Shanahan offense, you know, everything's sort of built in play for any QB to sort of do well as long as you follow the game plan. I just think, obviously, the Eagles, you know, just, you know, were just slightly better, but still very, uh, I mean, Eagles still don't rate them as a team, to be honest. And, you know that NFC East team, you know, it's not going to take many wins to win that division. So they're still in it, you know, being one and three now. Um, it's, you just don't know where it's going to end up. But um, one massive play, obviously Mullins, you know, through the interception just prior to the second, um, the end of the half in the second quarter, uh, you know, sort of a couple of minutes to go through that interception. But once again, you know, the 49ers defence as well, Came on strong, you know, to stop Carson Wentz. But once again, there's not much, uh, you know, there's not much in in that really with with them. So yeah, it was a bit of a bit of a slow uh, first half. You know, being eight seven, forty nine ers then in the second half um, utilized the running backs. Uh, Jarrett McKinnon, you know, who's definitely a player that I sort of rate. I mean, most most of the running backs, you know, in the forty nine ers you know, are, are pretty decent and you're going to give you a good game. Um, nice to see George Kittle get a touchdown, you know, after his injury troubles. Um, him back in the game, um, you know, very much a character that's needed in the NFL. And, you know, I was glad to see that he's looking, you know, healthy, more importantly, but also, you know, is making plays. So I think once Jimmy Garoppolo comes back, you know, the 49ers are going to sort of look strong and sort of build on, um, you know, their, you know, sort of mixed start. But at the end of the day, when you look at their injuries, um, you know, it's not a Super Bowl hangover. I think it's just one of them where they're a good team. They've just been unlucky when it comes to sort of injuries there. Um, and, you know, time will tell how they sort of do moving forward. But, yeah, as I say, the Eagles, you know, nice for them to get a win off the board. But nothing really special, um, you know, in this instance. Just a couple of mistakes from Nick Mullins, obviously picked off and... You know, the Eagles then sort of capitalising on that, you know, the fumbles as well. It's just, uh, you just can't do that. And, you know, I think it was right to take him out of the game. I wouldn't, I mean, if Garoppolo was still out, for example, this week, I'd still put Mullins in ahead of Befford. I just like Mullins moving forward still, even, you know, in that situation. You can't underestimate the Eagles' defence, to be honest. So we'll see how that, we'll see how that goes, um, you know, for next week. But the next game I'm going to talk about is the Chiefs-Patriots. Now, um, I was sort of in and out of this game because obviously being Monday Night Football and this game being rescheduled, uh, finished Chiefs 26, Patriots 10. For some reason, I had more of an interest in watching the Falcons-Packers. Um, I don't know why. I just uh, just wanted to see Aaron Rodgers you, you know, in action. Um, I know that's a bit silly considering you've got Mahomes on the other end, but I think you always know where the Patriots' defence um is in town that it's not going to be slim you know it's not going to be easy for someone like even like Patrick Mahomes and that sort of proved to be the case I mean but Mahomes once again uh, a decent game you know given the circumstances of the defense he's playing um, the Patriots have still got you know one of the best defenses I think in the league um, they had a they had a nice start in the first quarter I mean I remember watching because um, this was the earlier kickoff prior to the Falcons Packers game and um, one thing that did put me off watching this game was just some of the commentary I mean I, you could tell it was like 
just strange and surreal just listening to the background i remember speaking to Stu about this saying oh i just don't feel like i'm enjoying this it it, it reminded me of um, when you watch eurosport and you're watching like some random sport and you just hear you can tell that the recording or the audio in the background's like they're in a completely different setting and sometimes when you're watching live sport you just you know you want you want to feel like you're actually in and amongst the atmosphere i know obviously there were fans of that stadium um, as well, so it's not as if there wouldn't be an atmosphere. Um, you know, Chiefs Kingdom, you know, proved to be you know loud and proud, and it was a shame that that was sort of ruined in and amongst that. But um, looking at obviously from the game standpoint, um, the Chiefs obviously go on to being four and zero, Patriots two and two. I think you know it's you know it's always a tough game um you know from from both sets um i was happy to see the chiefs use clyde edwards hilaire i think sort of the last game he wasn't sort of um you know utilized too much but he, he was nice that he was getting a few uh catches in there as well rushed for 64 yards caught three passes as well um tyree kill as well you know with a with a touchdown that that's always a positive um but yeah it's uh it's onwards and upwards uh really enjoyed you know seeing the chief secondary i think on defense as well they're they're improving you know as well um you know the acquisition of frank clark before last season you know was massive for that team um and i think that playoff run as well i mean prior to the playoff run they, they did show that they weren't sort of one of the better defences, but I think definitely this year, that's one thing they have improved. And when you've got that offence, you're always going to have, you know, a chance. Um, so, yeah, uh, finished Chiefs 26, um, Patriots 10. You can tell I'm lagging a bit now, can't you, in my voice. Um, I feel like I've got uh, bloody lumps in my throat at the minute. But the next game we've got is um, Packers 30, Falcons 16. Um Scoreline's a bit flattering. I mean, I, I'm sorry, not flattering. I think, you know, the Falcon and the Packers could have won by certainly a lot more in this particular game. Um, you know, and I'm sure Kirat's got his, not to be talking about this game because obviously his boy Todd Gurley got a couple of touchdowns. But um, Aaron Rodgers is, he just looks so comfortable on the centre now. I mean, he's um, some of the best action I've seen him play you know him utilizing i think it helps when you've got a good running game as well he's never really had that top running game when he's been qb and you know having um aaron jones in there and jamal williams as well, well i know jamal williams didn't really do much in the game i mean he was, he was rather poor when it came to sort of rushing but aaron jones definitely is that player who can definitely help you know a qb out and, and give you that extra um weapon um you know we talk about the Packers, you know, not having their, you know, wide receivers, you know, they've got Alan Lazard out on injury reserve. Devontae Adams was missing from the game. And interesting, Devontae Adams sort of tweeted um, before the game saying, um, you know, sorry, I can't be out there. You know, I really think I'm ready to play, but obviously people know my body more than me. And it seemed a bit of a, a dig at sort of the Packers hierarchy. But at the end of the day, the way you've got to look at it is, you know, you're playing the Falcons and you should be able to win with even your second, you know, lot of receivers in the team. Um, and once again, Aaron Rodgers now, he's using um, 
you know, Robert Tonyan, um, the tight end. What a game, what a game. Um, you know, um, the Packers, obviously, you know, they've had, you know, players like uh, Jimmy Graham in the past. And now, you know, a player like Robert Tonyan now, you know, catching six passes for 98 yards and three touchdowns. You know, he's definitely um, an absolute, you know, weapon for uh, the Packers. And he's coming on well, you know, an, an undrafted kid as well. Um, you know, it's, I think he pretty much doubled his touchdown um, tally this uh, in this game alone. So I can't remember how many touchdowns he had before, but it couldn't have been too many. But for him to get sort of free um, just, you know, speaks volumes. Um, Packers, again, you know, they're looking good on, looking good on defence as well. Um, they're, you know, they're sort of underestimated, under the radar defence as well. I think um, to Darius Smith, I mean, you know, absolutely amazing, you know, with, with three sacks against Matt Ryan. Um, he's, you know, definitely, you know, an amazing, amazing talent for them. Um, you know, definitely someone who, you know, is playing at a Pro Bowl level calibre, um, you know, since his move from the Ravens last year. I think, uh, you know, he was obviously in the Pro Bowl and obviously the way he's going with those sack numbers, if you can keep doing that, he's going to definitely, um, you know, be in the running for, you know, Pro Bowl voting. Uh, Falcons, though, were competitive, you know, at the end of the day, they've got, you know, despite the injuries, uh, Julio Jones is obviously not, you know, he, you can tell he's not sort of fully there at the minute. It, it's always going to be a struggle. Uh, Calvin Ridley was, I mean, I, I don't see the point of why he played in this game. He just wasn't utilised. He was just there as a decoy by the looks of it, um, you know, so they they struggled but they they used the running game uh Todd Gurley was you know rushed for two touchdowns which is always nice he looked quite powerful you know in those runs as well he, he wasn't you know he was able to sort of fend off tackles and you know get his body in there so you know all this talk about injury you know he's he's been playing every game touchwood um so you know he seems on course to play you know majority of the season and you know long may that continue you know um you know him being healthy you know be very nice but the, I'd say that the Falcons, although the, the scoreline doesn't reflect it, they never looked like they were going to sort of, you know, get anything from the game. You know, they were 29-7 down in the fourth quarter. Um, Todd Gurley then obviously rushed for the touchdown, sort of put, made it a bit more of a respectable scoreline, you know, to make it uh, 27-16. And then at the end, obviously, you know, field goal, you know, towards some point in the fourth quarter, you know, put the game to bed really, and and that was it. You know, the rest of the fourth quarter was a bit of a was a bit of a snooze fest, to be honest. There's not much, not much really going out there. Um, I think the Falcons' defense did get to Aaron Rodgers um, a couple of times, but other than that, there's not really much else to talk about in that game. Um, but it's going to be an interesting uh, week five. You know, I'm really looking forward to some of the games we got on show. Obviously, I'm not going to talk too much about today's game I think we've already sort of addressed that but there's there's definitely some interesting games I know obviously my son's looking forward to watching the Rams um but yeah I mean if if you guys want to talk about any of the games um in particular you know uh you know do messages on our sort of you know Twitter page and we can sort of uh talk about that if you have any questions or anything that you want to ask you know next week we should hopefully have you know, a lot more, um, you know, everyone back to back to normal again. But 
some of the games I'm looking forward to. I mean, the Texans and Jaguars are one game I'm really looking forward to. Um, there's something about watching two really two teams who are struggling, you know, in a in a division like the AFC South, just to see, you know, how how things are. But it's one of them games you just you can't predict, you know, which way it's going to go. Um, that's one game I'm looking forward to. Um, was looking forward to the Bills and Titans, but obviously there's doubts about that particular game now. With obviously the Titans, unfortunately, still getting those um, positive COVID tests, which you know is obviously very worrying. You know, in terms of how we're going to move forward as an NFL season. Um, I think personally, I think there will be delays, but I think obviously ultimately, similar to what happened in our English Premiership, they will finish the season. It just depends on how far along it's going to be. Um, in terms of other games, Steelers, Eagles, you got the uh, sort of uh, Pennsylvania derby, shall we say? Uh, that'll be that'll be an interesting game. Um, yeah, and you know, Saints and Chargers, uh, Monday Night Football. I mean, that's going to be exciting. You know, watching Justin Herbert sort of slinger that sort of Saints secondary, who I think, you know, at times are showing they can struggle. Um, and you know, either way, you. Although the Chargers, you know, have lost obviously back to back to two NFC South teams, um, you just don't know that um, they could easily come out and, and get a get a win. Um, obviously, the game's in New Orleans, but you know, advantages out the window now without fans in stadiums. So it's gonna be it's gonna be an exciting week five. And obviously, if you guys have any sort of questions about any of the officiating calls or want us to go through them, uh, definitely. You know, hit us up on uh, Twitter or on the Facebook page, uh, Fourth and Inches Facebook or Fourth and Inches, um, you, you know, Twitter, or you can tweet Stuart, myself, or Roger Goodgroves as well. Um, obviously, who's our, you know, affiliated zebra, should we say? Um, and we'll certainly talk you through, you know, some of the, you know, big plays that have come out. But you know, I hope you guys enjoyed this uh, podcast. Um, Apologies if it's gone on too long and apologies that you're having to hear my voice. But, you know, unfortunately, you know, circumstances, you know, things going on in the world, we have to sort of sometimes, you know, do these sort of compromises. And I know um, Stuart is definitely, you know, looking forward to being back on the podcast once he's, uh, you know, 100 uh, percent, you know, fighting fit. You know, you can probably tell by his voice he's not in the sort of best shape. So for him to sort of talk for over an hour is it's never going to be easy but we hope you're enjoying the um officiating podcast as well i certainly love learning a lot from that as well so yeah thanks again for listening and you know take care guys